Good evening and welcome to Sportletics, where sports and politics mix and mingle. I'm Stacey Johnson. Joining me tonight, guess who? Aguna, the Nigerian <laughs> Republican, Keith, the constitutional conservative, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> the independent thinker and my cousin Todd. We've got a jam-packed show for you. Another school shooting. Three nine-year-olds and three adults at a private Christian elementary school in Nashville. Monday's attack was the deadliest U.S. school shooting in nearly a year. On the 19th shooting at a school or university so far in 2023, that has left at least one person wounded. An appeals panel rescinds a massive NASCAR points penalties against Hendrick Motorsports. Stephen is here to tell you all about it. A hidden pandemic. The orphans COVID-19 has left behind. And March Madness. It's almost over. They are down to the final four in both the women and the men. However, the women are making a case in the tourney for their own March Madness TV deal. The U.S. strikes a deal with Canada over the northern border, asylum seekers, and the White House is very in favor of Bill giving Commerce Department the ability to ban TikTok after the CEO's testimony. The Senate approves a measure overturning President Biden's clean water regulations, setting up a likely veto by him, and more, if we can fit it in. First up, Stephen, what is going on with NASCAR and that Hendrick uh, uh, penalty points that they took away, um, the massive uh, rescind, them rescinding, what, what's that about? And, and who won NASCAR last week, this past Sunday? Well, I had to miss the race. No, I, uh, Tyler, Tyler Riddick, number 45, won it, and it was good. I had him getting a top three, which is really nice. Uh, he drives a 45 car now. Uh, with this uh, rescinded penalty, I'm not really sure right now. I haven't, I haven't heard much about that, but I'm sure uh, it's basically just a story because, like, anybody gets penalties in any, any sport that, that has a lot of money – it doesn't really mean anything. It's like we're we're really on top of this, and we're going to show how much we care, and we're going to have penalties. So if they keep the penalty, they have to pay the penalty. Somebody else might pay it. Whatever. It that's no big deal. That's just that's just uh, corporations at work. That's all. Okay. Well, well, who won? A Tolerated. Tolerated. Okay. All right. Yeah, he drives number forty-five. Uh, started this this year. Uh, with the uh, Denny Hamlin crew, uh, he's really, really good here. And the, and the ones you would think would be good here, Ross Chastain, the number one car, was really nice. I had him, too, getting a top five or a three, top five. So you, at these road courses, this is why I love them, because it's, it, it's, it's so easy. Because unless something really crazy happens, the, these guys that always do generally well are going to do well. And a lot of tracks you just don't know. 
But at a lot of times at road courses, the guys who really master them well, they're hard to beat. And, and this, this equipment they have right now is, is matching with some people more than other people. So it's, it's, so, it's kind of like taking one. <laughs> so, Keith, how did your uh, March Madness bracket go? Oh, no. My, he had Florida. He had Florida Atlantic. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't follow. Uh, my, I don't know. I can't. So, you know. Uh, what are you not an American? Well, I March Madness is as American as apple pie. I don't follow. What is wrong? I, I question your patriotism if you didn't follow. Well, thank you, sir. I know what I'm patriotic in. And it ain't that. So let me ask you. I mean, I don't even think for me, I feel like it's not even worth filling out a bracket beforehand because you have so many upsets because it's all about passion, Aguna, um, and and a team's willingness to work really hard and win, not so much about what their record was. Yes? Clearly. I mean, I don't, you know, this is the first time I think that there was a, no perfect bracket so early in the tournament. And I mean, well, you, you do have a couple schools from Florida in the final four. You got half the final four is from Florida, uh, which is cool. But I, I mean, a number nine seed, a number, I think what's a four or five. It's like, there's not, no seed lower than a four uh, for the first, I don't know when the first time in a while, uh, but it also makes, it also shows the parody in um, college basketball um and as compared to college football where you just have all these powerhouse schools you know you're always going to have an alabama or georgia you're going to have an sec school or two in the playoffs or vying for the national title here you know it's a, uh, I mean it comes down to you know who's good that day um so yeah it's good to i mean it's bad for the brackets bad for sports betting all that stuff but i mean it's good for the kids in the sense of some of the little guys were beating Davids were beating Goliaths all throughout this tournament. And it also shows that from a recruiting standpoint, you, you know, you can go to a smaller school as long as they have a good program, good coaches, um, good team, you know, you can go far, you can have, you know, national exposure. So I've, I've enjoyed the brackets this year, um, even though I didn't fill one out. Uh, but again, I, I'm curious to see how Steven debt on these, um, because I <laughs> I don't know if anybody's making a lot of money off these brackets at this point. So, Stephen, how did you bet? And then my other question is, it's nice. Do you think I think it's nice to see some teams that aren't normally in the final four in the final four? You know, we always see the Duke, uh, always see, you know, the Arizona, you always not Arizona, um, North Carolina. You would always see uh, those type of teams in the mm -hmm. final four. But this time you don't. I don't know if you recall, but I said, uh, I told my son before it started that this has been such a crazy year for college basketball and nobody can get it right. We ought to do a crazy uh, bracket. It's a lot of crazy. Bra I didn't do a crazy one. I did a very conservative one. So you know where I'm at. But you know what? People do win. Even if it's a crazy year and you think you've lost and you have the worst bracket, somebody has to win, be it like a, a group of 10 or 12 or 20 or Two million, somebody's still gonna win. So that's why you do them. You, you, because no matter how crazy it is, maybe that year when the when the whole year is crazy, you should go crazy. When it's a year where the the everybody's winning who should win, that's where you should fill out your brackets. 
I think that's the secret on this here. A little bit, you know, things happen, but it was a weird year. It was the weirdest uh, tournament I've ever seen in my, in my life. And, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, it's a whole lot. And, and Stacy, if I could real quick to get back to racing, it's Richmond this week in Richmond, Virginia race. Uh, this is a, a really good track for uh, Kyle Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and it's it's hard to go wrong with them. This is a it's a weird race anymore than it used to be, but these guys are still really solid. Things have changed a little bit, and hopefully, it's gonna be a great race. I just wanted to uh, sneak that in, Stacy. Okay, thank you. So I want to share my screen uh, and show you this final four. Um, and talk about these teams, uh, Stephen and Aguna. If you want to talk about the teams, uh, let me see. Which ones do you see? Let me share it again. I'm sorry. There we go. All right. Can you see that? I'll make it bigger. So you got Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Oh my goodness. I fell in love with the players, all of them on San Diego State. They played so hard in the last two games that they played against Creighton. And who else did they play? They were amazing. Those, I thought San Diego State, I thought those players would come in with their surfboards, you know, because they're from Southern California. And I figured all they cared about was surfing. But they yeah. left those surfboards at the beach in San Diego and they came to represent with their coach who has been a coach there underneath this other coach for 27 years. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, University of Miami, and UConn. We usually often see like UConn uh, coming towards the Final Four. But to see these teams that aren't – Miami is rarely in the Final Four. San Diego State and Florida Atlantic is rarely in the Final Four. And to see them do that is great. It's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad to see it. Um, Aguna, what say you? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, I don't really, San Diego State beat Furman, which South Carolina, I'm like, yeah, that was partial Furman. But, I mean, they beat, you know, Alabama in dramatic fashion. I mean, they dominated. If you look at UConn, they dominated. Um uh, Miami with beating Alabama. So when these number one seeds got knocked out, they were dominated when they were got knocked out. You're talking about double digits in some cases. So these teams are coming to play. I mean, I don't know if, if these teams are just that good or some of the seeding was a little shady based on, you know, some of the branding around the big name schools. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think UConn, especially on the women's side, I mean, you always expect UConn to be in the final four in the women's uh, basketball. But here you have the men. And I think there was a couple of years where UConn, both the men and the women, I thought there was a year where both of them won. Yeah, I, I think there was. There I was a there year was. that, yeah. So they've had historically a, a strong program up there. But San Diego yeah, UConn has. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's going to be interesting. Miami versus UConn is going to be a good game. San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic is going to be a good game. I, I don't know. I've, I, I'd have to Google to see what's the lowest seed to ever make the final four. Um, but a nine seed getting there is, is pretty significant now. Um, it so is. we'll see. We'll see. But like Stephen said, I think it's exciting. Um, I'm trying to figure out who do I want to go all the way. Um, 
I kind of like Miami's because uh, historically, you know, I you know I like Miami from back in the '90s and stuff like that. But I don't know. It may be good to see uh, like a Florida Atlantic or a San Diego State win it. Uh, just you know, um, just for you know, just to shake it up a little bit. Okay, who else do I, you have? I would like the Dodgers to win. Todd, man, is that a beanie you're wearing up there? What's going on, <laughs> ma'am? Ma'am, I, I, I go away for two weeks and this is what happens. You're oh, regressing, Todd. Come on now. It's, it's, it's a, cream, a cream beanie. Don't make fun of his religion. He might be. Yeah, no, that, that's, I'm not, that's not. Wait a minute. That's not. A, is that is that a religious beanie? What, what is that called? I'm not answering any dumb questions from Stephen. It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like a designer right, beanie. It looks like a designer. It might be a polo. Yeah, it looks like the designer beanie. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Right. It must be a rich religion, my, a very rich my, religion. My beard is so curly, and I can't. And did you dye it, ma'am? Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you, see, you know, so having some of this pepper in there is not, you know, sign of maturity. You no, know, no disrespect, but he does look Muslim. You know, no, no disrespect. <laughs> I know a lot of Muslims. No, maybe he wouldn't take it disrespectfully. Maybe he would take it as a compliment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Aguna, oh, who do you have winning? What do you have to do with all these curls? Oh, um, I think um, <laughs> the girls I think love the I think UConn is, at the end of that, I think UConn kind of been there, done that kind of thing. I think they're going to take it all. And I think, and the way that they got there, I mean, they haven't really, I don't know if they trailed any game. I don't know. I think they've been dominating every every game. So I okay, think they're going to be the, ride, the, ride, the wave. Men's well, Division One. I do, I do love San Diego and all they've done for me financially the last few games, but also to Florida. I, I like them too. And you know what? It's really funky. They got some kind of destiny thing going on right now. And even though this San Diego is a bunch of grown men, there's not a boy on that team. And that, they're a tough team, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. But I think somehow Florida can find the magic again and have the ball bounce 15 times on the rim and still go in five times when they play. So I think Florida – because I got Florida winning it all because this year is so goofy. And I, I put them in when their odds were, you know, uh, you know larger. So if why not? It's been so crazy. I, I got the best odds. I took the team with the best odds for me to make money. And then I've got – it's going to be an all-Florida occasion. It's going to be Miami. They're going to beat UConn because uh, Miami, I think, matches up really well with them. And I think they have, have just enough uh, that, that they don't they, – they shouldn't be that, – that five-and-a-half point spread right now, no way they should be that big of a spread. I know UConn is good. They're really, really good. But they're, they're playing a team I think is probably a little bit more hungry than they are. And they have some talent in the right spots. And I'm, I'd like to see it just all Florida. I think it would be pretty cool. Okay. Well, I've got, I think, um, I think UConn, I, I kind of want to go with Aguna, but I think I'm going to go against Aguna. And I think Miami against San Diego. And I think San Diego State. And I think San Diego State wins it. Or Miami against Florida Atlantic, which would be incredible because two Florida teams. But I yeah, doubt that will happen. Talking about. But I like your San Diego too, Stacey. I like that too. Yeah, but I got to go Florida. I got to go Florida, Miami. Yeah, I got to go uh, um, yeah. Miami, San Diego State. Because San Diego State, they kind of play like 
last minute. They play, play, play around, and then they get this last minute surge of energy at the end of the game, and they come out of nowhere in the last like two minutes. They, you know, they play sloppy to like two minutes, and then when that one minute hits, all of a sudden, I don't know where it comes from, but they win the game. I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, because even I was watching that um, uh, uh, FAU Florida Atlantic versus Kansas K State game, and it it was a lot, man. That was that was a very intense game, and I just don't know. They've been fighting. It's just like I don't know. I think I think. Um, San Diego State versus UConn, and UConn wins it all. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. But, um, Keith, do you have a prediction? very possible. No. Nope. Uh, Todd, do you have a prediction? Why doesn't Keith have a prediction? Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to take it in 10. Thank you. Now, Keith, at least you can give an effort like he did and, and tell us who you think is going to win. Come on, Keith. Idea. I don't. I don't even look that way. Just say. Just say you support DeSantis, right? Just say all Florida. <laughs> take San. Well, take yeah. San Diego team. You're close to San Diego. Yeah, I mean, go go for the California, the home, the home state team. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know where this place is. And look who's are. talking. Todd we saying somebody doesn't know. Right here. <clears throat> all right, we're going to move more on to. We're going to move on to Aguna's favorite subject, Aguna. Tennis. Well, I thought we were going to do women's basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's do them women's NCAA. Oh, Stacy is so tacky. Yeah, <laughs> she did not even want to do it. Oh, that wasn't it. I forgot. That wasn't it. I forgot. Let me share my screen. Women's predictions for March Madness. If you can look at it, of course, Dawn Staley's team. Dawn Staley is an incredible coach. Incredible. I mean, she doesn't miss. Uh, she's just an incredible coach, an incredible person. Mm -hmm. And for her team to always make it to the Final Four is amazing. So we see Iowa against South Carolina. If you look at the screen, that's going to be a good uh, game. Can you see that? And then you see game. LSU against Virginia Tech, both Friday, March 31st. Um, who do you have, Aguna? Oh, you know, I'm going with the Gamecocks all the way. I'm going with the Carolina Gamecocks, Don Staley straight out of Philly. What uh, kind of name is that? Gamecocks? Gamecocks. It's, well, it's a rooster. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a rooster. It's, it's a, a Gamecock. Yeah, you got to get your mind out the gutter, Keith. What's wrong with you? All right, so it, here's the thing. So Carolina Gamecocks fighting rooster with the Spurs. With the Spurs, all right? Um, Don Staley's done an excellent job with that program, and I just feel like she's going to run it back this year. She's got a really powerful squad. Um, but Iowa's no joke, though. Not, that, that Iowa squad is pretty good there. So this is going to be an interesting game. On the other side, you know, you got LSU and Virginia Tech. Now, being in Virginia, I kind of am partial to Virginia Tech. Right? So really the hokey high. But that would be interesting. You got a turkey versus a rooster. <laughs> but um yeah but LSU is good. I mean LSU is good, but when they went down to Columbia and played the Gamecocks, they got spanked. So I may want revenge. Um but I'm going with an obvious one versus one, Virginia Tech versus Carolina, and I think Carolina's going to win. Okay, Steven. They're better off calling them uh, roosters, you know. 
But anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. How, how lame is that? That's the first objection. <laughs> just, what, we just call chicken. Redskins feel, Laguna. Because it's called Gamecocks? Yeah, you got it's to change the name now. It's something, it's wrong to it's call Redskins. Because Gamecocks mean they're fighting. So in fighting, no, it's like, like dog he's fighting. Like, he's like Cox. He came into a game out of Gamecocks. I don't know what he's talking okay, about. Okay, so Stephen, looking at the screen, I got the Virginia Tech against LSU, and then who do you have here in this game, Iowa against South Carolina? Well, I don't want to be a square and go along with the public, but I'm going to have to take South Carolina. You got to. Uh, yeah, I don't have any 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 uh, uh, reservations about about either one of my picks. I like them. I like the ones and the ones right now, and All I'd right. be surprised if they don't win. Both it is boring. It is boring, but I mean, these girls—they—they're they, balling, you know. So it's like, what's boring? You mean it's boring because it's not a lot of scoring? No, it's boring because it's not—it's not a like a dramatic pick, you know. It's like, yeah, go. Yeah, with, but uh, you—I was just rhyming. You know, maybe I ought to—I ought to say that I'm offended by it, and they ought to change their name because if you're talking about two right. uh, uh, cocks fighting roosters. Those are male. Oh, gosh. Move on. Okay, thank you. <laughs> get over it. Go ahead, Aguna. You want to talk about the combine? What did you want to talk about? No, well, I'm, I'm, well, like we'll see. I, I'm, I'm like still in the reserve. I know. Let's get through March Madness, right? Um, free agency has been good. Uh, I mean, it's been interesting. There's still a lot more to go. What, is, that Todd? is that Todd? Is that a real telephone? Is this? Is that a real no, telephone? That was, that was my phone, and that it's a, was it's Nas. Like a rotary, it's like a rotary phone. <laughs> no, that was my phone, and that was Nas. Nas. I'm getting nostalgic. I know. Let's, let's, let's get that. No, put a quarter in that mug. <laughs> um, well, so uh, at the NFL, it's been interesting. They had the owners' meeting. Um, they are looking at some rules changes. You know, they had the controversial Eagles push, fourth and one push. I think that was tabled. Um, the Eagles proposed also, like, a fourth and 20. Instead of an onside kick, it's like a fourth and 25 or something like that versus an onside kick, which I think would be pretty cool because it's just so hard to execute an onside kick. At least if your team has some momentum, it's a little bit more probable that you could do a fourth and 25, even though that's still hard. I mean, it's not like you can like run that fast, far or whatever, but at least it makes it competitive. Um, but I'm looking forward to the draft. I'm looking forward to the draft. I think there's still going to be some major trades. This Aaron Rodgers trade is still like hanging out there. They're like dragging their feet. You know, it's one of the things like, okay, it's going to happen. When is it going to happen? Maybe it's going to happen during the draft where they start moving. Players. But you think, I mean, the Jets are in win now mode. Um, but I think um, already the Cowboys, with the moves that they made, are now favorites to win the Super Bowl all of a sudden because they went out and got Gilmore and they went out <laughs> and they went out and uh, franchise tag somebody. So it's, 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 um, it's, it's, again, off-season drama, but also with the Lamar Jackson situation. He asked yeah, for a let's, trade. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um. Whoa. So they're saying that he's going to go to Miami? What's going on? I don't know. This is this came out 28 minutes ago. Yeah, okay, they're not pursuing it. They got it, Tua no. down there. They got Tua down there. Yeah. So why would they go after yeah. no, he's Tua not. is he's always not. injured. Tua's always well, I mean, even if he's injured, he's still on his rookie contract. You, you know, hey. give him all the stuff to go after. And they weren't – I mean, they were very close to beating Buffalo last year with their Lamar, current team. 
So yeah, I mean, a couple more pieces around um, Tua, you know, meaning an offensive line. To your point, Stacy, if he gets hurt a lot, why don't you put some people in there to protect them? And no, I think you know, you think you got a good um, good situation there. They're not going to pay they, for that. Hey, nice. Lamar Jackson. Excuse me, Lamar Jackson is is uh, misses more games than Tua has. Lamar Jackson, I think, in the last couple of years, has played maybe thirty percent of the games. He should have taken that big money that. Baltimore wanted to give him to start with like guaranteed 200 million or something and be happy with it. But no, he wants to be the highest paid and the highest this and I, but he's not. And he doesn't have representation, which makes it harder as well. Because if he had representation, he would have taken the deal that they gave him and got whatever. I don't exactly know the numbers, but it was, it was really a decent deal for him guaranteed money. And it's, and it's now he's, he's getting stuck because teams don't want to deal with him because he is injury prone. He doesn't play much. $200 million? He, he turned something down? Something like $200, $200 million dollar contract, Nas. 80, 80 guaranteed. I don't know. Something's guaranteed. Nas, the elephant in the room is Lamar Jackson. 28 minutes ago, they said the NFL's giving, keeping, they keep giving him the cold shoulder. It is. Well, yeah, okay. So, y'all want to get into this. Like, just put it in these terms. The NFL has Amazon as a partner now. They got YouTube as a partner now. There's a lot more money coming into the NFL. Now, with that said, the NFL ownership has also decided that there's a certain threshold that they don't want to hit. Last offseason, Deshaun uh, in Cleveland got a huge guaranteed money Mm -hmm. deal and ownership knowing that Joe Burrow's coming up, Justin Herbert's coming up. Of course, Lamar is up now. They're trying to figure out a way not to let those deals get there. So the rest of the owners were mad at Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, for giving that deal to Deshaun Watson. And, of course, Lamar Jackson, who was next up, wants a deal exceeding the Deshaun Watson deal, as he should, which every quarterback does. You reset the market. That's the way the game is supposed to be played. So right now we're hearing accusations of collusion of the NFL owners. Like they're all, uh, you know, meeting together and planning not to go over that number. So Lamar is kind of the odd man out in that. So but- it says, so let me say, let me read this. You can't see. It says not one, not one NFL team has brought Lamar Jackson in for a free agent visit for three weeks. Not one. Yeah, that's correct. So that kind of leads more to the case of collusion where the ownership is just deciding this is the line in the stand, line in the sand. We're not going to lose here. Everybody's going to stay on point and, and nobody's going to be the uh, maverick and jump out there and throw the deal on the table. So Lamar has kind of flipped it on the Ravens by demanding a trade because normally in the NFL, you demand a trade really doesn't matter. Unless that team wants to move you, you ain't going nowhere. But a quarterback kind of changes that because a quarterback has a little more power and is a little more valuable than everybody else on the team. So now the Ravens are kind of in a catch-22 do they figure out a way to salvage the relationship with Lamar? Uh, do they meet his asking price, or do they stand where they are and continue to offer that same deal? So if he doesn't show up for camp, they're in big trouble. So, yeah, this, this is going to be interesting to see, but ultimately you're seeing ownership trying to figure out how this pie is divided and what they see as non-negotiable. And like I said, the owners are they're still – like Jerry Jones, he's mad as hell at Jimmy Haslam. When they gave that deal to Deshaun Watson, the rest of the league could not believe it. So, this, like this, at this point, though, it's kind of obvious. When you got a team like the Atlanta Falcons, who can really benefit from somebody like Lamar, not only monetarily but also on the field, when you yeah. got them saying the moment this is declared that they're not even going to pursue it, 
that lets you know kind of, you know, the fix is in. Like, the owners are not going to pay this. So we'll see, man, but Lamar yeah, man, yeah, and, and Stacey, I think I think he bring, Nas is bringing up a good point, especially when it comes to, you know, if you look at the licensing deals that are going on, as well as all the money in the NFL, even with the commanders being sold, these owners are trying to figure out ways not to pay players, but also to make their franchises stay viable. I mean, the quarterback market is, keeps going up and up and up and up. And you're right. I mean, Lamar wants to reset the market now. Is he worth that? That's a whole different story. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, once you start paying these quarterbacks, you see what happens to these franchises. I mean, Kansas City may be an exception. But if you look at right. the contract that um, that that he signed, I mean, it's a lot of backloading to it. It's it's, it's very owner friendly. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, especially with Herbert and Burrow and these guys. They're going to going to get paid. Jalen Hurts. I mean, a lot of the moves the Eagles are doing in the offseason is because they can't afford to pay players because they got to play Hurts. They're going to have. He's probably going to be close to three hundred million dollars. You know, you're gonna you're gonna sign these guys. You look at Kirk Cousins, his deal, you know, and that that was for Kirk Cousins. So imagine when you actually have talent, how much you're gonna have to pay these young guys. So it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, the owners, you know, they they don't make money by paying players. I'll tell you that. So yeah, no, and I don't think it's collusion, and I don't think it's collusion at all. I think it's they're they're being pragmatic because this guy is doesn't play a lot. If he even played every game, it would be a whole different conversation. They would give him more money. They would yeah, nobody it, it was bad that they screwed over uh they did the Watson deal wrong. But I, if he could play, if he could play every game, because he's an MVP, he's a he's an ex MVP or right. you know, he's a good he's a good player. But if he doesn't if he spends more time out than in, he's pretty worthless. Not bad for a uh, racist country, you know, an oppressive against black. See, nobody, people. nobody was the the fact that you even have to bring up race, Keith, means you're a racist. Exactly. Well, I, 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 <laughs> isn't that the and, argument? Isn't that the argument? And if I can, well, like, I no, hold, hold on. Let's 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 go a level deeper on this. No, so but, but, two ACL injuries. So we're not only talking about an injury-prone guy, we're talking about a guy with off-the-field baggage as well when you go to his sexual assault scandal and everything else. So then we get, what, a month ago, Daniel Jones got $140 million guaranteed. So you, you can't pay Daniel Jones $140 and then tell me you can't pay Lamar. So this is not about them not having enough money. Again, when you talk about NFL owners, these aren't pragmatic people. That's why you have a salary cap. A salary cap is an artificial way of limiting how much players can actually make. If you got rid of the salary cap, do you know how much Jerry Jones would spend on his team versus everybody else? Like, th th there's a reason why they do the draft and all this other stuff. It's kind of baked into the cake to protect ownership from themselves. If you had just a free market for the NFL and you had to pay guys what they were actually worth, well, Ownership would run rampant. Some guys, some people would have to fold as a team because they wouldn't be able to compete because the more wealthy owners would just spend all of the money on all of the good players. This is why you have the salary cap and everything else with the league. So this is not a thing that they don't have the money. They made more. They're making more money now than they ever have, and are going to make even more. Like I said, they got new partners in YouTube, Amazon, all these other groups. So they're, they're making money. This is about we don't want labor to be able to dictate to us. But they're running into kind of the NBA, MLB problem of 
you're selling the game on your stars and your stars are really valuable because of the scarcity problem. As we all know, what is it about 15 good quarterbacks in the NFL? Like if we're being honest, like the wow. quarterback is a position you can demand things for. So we're going to see, man. I, I think Baltimore blinks first uh, with this trade demand. Okay. Can, okay Real, can really you- quick, Daniel, Daniel Jones doesn't miss a game. And I would trade. I would trade Jackson. Are you sure he didn't miss a game this past season? He wants to be he traded. Doesn't, Daniel, he doesn't miss games. Yeah, and, and Jackson wants to be traded. No, Daniel Jones hardly misses a game where Jackson does. If I was Baltimore, I'd trade him, and they can get a number one pick for him. Don't you think he can get a number one? That There's four good well, quarterbacks coming out. Maybe they could get one of them. Maybe they could get a good quarterback. Yeah, they can Hold stay on. healthy. Hey, these young quarterbacks. These young quarterbacks. One at a time. Wait a minute. Whoever that quarterback is, right. is throwing so, with the Aguilar. Okay, so to so respond to your first point, I know. Number ones for Lamar if they were to trade. So if he was on the open market or if they decide to do the trade, they're going to get multiple first round picks. That's that's not even the yes. question. Yes. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Jones' career high last year was 15 touchdowns. That's the most he's ever thrown. Before that, he hasn't even been a Pro Bowl level player. Yeah. So we can't act like Daniel Jones is a great thing. Then the other part, Joe Burrow tore his ACL in his rookie season. So he's got some injury pads. Uh, same as uh, your boy Herbert out in San Diego because he got hurt his junior year at Oregon, which is why he had to wait to come out into the draft. So every quarterback comes with some, you know, injury risk. This is still football. But, but the is he has the most. He has the most days off. No, not realistic. What's that? Well, I'm no, saying he has the most days game. off of any quarterback. He has the most days off, he, he and that's what that. the team does not want. Okay, well, listen. No, let's, like, let me, like let me say this, and then let's move on. You know, he's always on the guy. Hey, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Washington is this close to selling their team. About this close, and Magic Johnson is going to be a. Uh, uh, what you call a uh, part part mm-hmm. owner? He had part ownership. Magic Johnson uh, okay. and uh, RG three. Okay, so wait a minute. Excuse RG3 me. Okay, go ahead. Hold your point, Stephen. Hold your point one second. Um, that's a picture of Daniel Jones. For those of you, he's the quarterback for New York Giants. Um, go ahead, Stephen. No, I said I said all I had. That was all. That was all okay. I had. Well, Daniel so Jones, Todd, you got Todd smoke. wanted to say something before we moved into politics. Got in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. Oh, I forget what I was going to say. I'm sure he'll find another team to pitch for. Thank you. He wanted, he wanted to hear what I had to say about Jackson. No, was- I did not. All right, let's let's move. Oh, NBA. Can somebody pivot onto NBA and what's going on with the NBA right now? Uh, who wants to do that? You want to talk about the Sixers? I will. No, we're oh, talking about the NBA, Todd, not the Sixers. Hey, what are the Sixers ranked? Are they fourth or fifth right now? The Todd Sixers. Wants to start. Wait, no, they're, they're, the they're, I, I think they're, they're locked in third. They're locked in ahead, third. Todd. Oh, here we go. Well, I think if they keep doing what they're doing now, I'm sure they'll win the Stanley Cup. But they've got to watch out for San Francisco 49ers because they are treacherous. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all. That's, that's Todd's little punchline there. Thank you, Ty. So Sixers, Sixers, they beat, they destroyed the Bulls. Unfortunately, that was three games ago, and they haven't won a game since. I was at that <laughs> game. 
That's why I wasn't on the show last week. I was at the game. It's a beautiful game. Bringing them luck. What's hey, the? It, 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 it was really great. Um, I thought you didn't like golf. Uh, so the problem is Sixers are on a West Coast tour right now. So they're playing. I think they play Golden State. They playing um, the Blazers. So they're getting spanked. I think they have to end up. I think they play the Mavericks. They spank so, each other. Yeah. Um, so they're on a three-game losing streak. And hopefully they can bounce back because what we don't want is to drop down to the fourth seed. Right now, I think we're like we're two and a half games behind Boston, and I think we're three. Well, maybe you know maybe three or four games behind the Bucks. So I'm I'm okay with being the third seed. I forgot who we play. We or the third seed, but you know this Sixers team is just so it, our bench isn't really scoring that much. Embiid is kind of nicked up at the Bulls game, so it's like, and then Harden was out. Um, after having a horrible – because they lost to the Bulls the Monday before, and then they went and beat the Bulls like by 20 in Chicago. So um, we'll see what happens. This Sixers team is going to be like – I mean, if they make the Eastern Conference Finals, they're probably going to lose to the Bucks or something like that or lose to Boston. You know, it's, it's like one of these teams where they're good enough to win one series in the playoffs, but you just don't know if they got the ump to get it all the way. And then let alone, I don't know who they're going to beat out West. I don't, I don't necessarily see them beating the Nuggets, Blazers. They always have their numbers, so we'll see. Okay, um, but players get over a hundred million. Any of those players? Stay out their pocket. What are you, a liberal? Stay no, out I'm their pocket. I'm just, I'm just, what is wrong with you? Why are you worried about other people's money? No, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Uh, what do you want to tax them I mean, more? Such a uh, no. I mean, he kind of just of, wants to hear about how I'm, much I'm they get back. Key. I just wonder how they make money. They're black and they make I, money. I, I, have, I have no idea. I have no idea why he keeps trying to make that point. That would be like saying, "Okay, so back in the day when hmm. Hank Aaron made ten times the average salary of an average American, uh, just because blacks didn't have money, <laughs> like, like okay, impressed. Like, yeah, what what are you talking about? Anyway, uh, the NBA, the MVP race is wrapping up. It's between Joker. Giannis and Embiid. We'll see how that goes. And they're trying to get the playoff seating done. But this is the end of the season, so we're seeing the call-ups from the G League. Some of these games are terrible because the stars are sitting out for rest because they want to prepare for the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, this should be a good playoff run. And we got MLB opening day tomorrow. So, good sports for it them. It amazes me. Not curious. No curiosity whatsoever about that. That amazes me. Hmm. Why would that be curious? Do you think? Do you think when they had gladiators in Rome, you think those dudes didn't eat and live well? Do you think they still, especially the people, the groups that they came from, weren't oppressed within that society? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we're, so but we're not any society, or looking at the wealthy of any society, tells you nothing about the condition of the average group of that people. So, oh my God, I think you think you made a Nas, point. Nas, well, now come on, me, you would do better trying to teach him you, calculus. No, that's over his head, man. Way Stop. over he's, his head. He's, he's, if that's it's not right. on a bumper sticker, right. if it's not doesn't fit <laughs> on a bumper right. sticker, it's not going to resonate with Keith. No, only bumper that's stickers. That's that's All right. right, now we're going to move on. The worst. Can I think about basketball really quick, Stacy? Okay. The, the, the 76ers have been really, really good to me. Even even with, with having a, two of the best players, you know, injured, all they need to do is get healthy. That They've been good to me, you know, with point spreads and everything. They've been, they've been really, good really good to, you? to me. Why? Did they good thank to you? But, yes, and the, Pel and the Pelicans have been even better to me. 
and they were jamming and that was getting their number was right. It, you know, give or take whatever I had to do. That was working really well. And then they played last night against uh, the San Francisco team that we won't mention. And uh, 49 Golden State, Golden State was, they were pathetic. And well, we had it, the Pelicans had it the entire game. I mean, leading or just a couple points down, I had 11 and a half points of positive on my side. Went to bed knowing I won. And what? <laughs> you can't go against Golden State. You can't go against Stefan because they just turned it on late the last, I don't know, two minutes and it was over. They went nuts. But mm. I'm not holding anything against the Pelicans. I'm still going to ride them a little bit. But uh, it's wonderful. Okay, what kind of shirt do you have on? What is that logo? Two people kissing or something? Yes. Let me see. Get close. I can. Wait a minute. Can you see? Yeah. No. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I see. That's two boys kissing. Yeah, I think so. Rushmore, man. Is the. Oh. You ever been to Mount Rushmore? No, ma'am. You have to get out that way. The West is the best. You got to get out of the East, man. Go out to the West and check it out. All right. Our thoughts and prayers. Excuse me. Our thoughts and prayers to the families of the victims of the Covenant School shooting. Um, they went to school as normal, and they didn't come back home, which is the worst, most horrible thing as ever students and teachers uh, faculty and, and mm -hmm. teachers and here's a picture of them uh, a few of them six five of them uh obviously i don't even want to talk about the shooter because we don't want to give them attention but obviously i think the shooter must have been mentally ill or incapacitated to do something like that, having been a student at that school. Um, Nas, let's, let's start with you about the need for gun control and how we keep guns in the hands of legal American owners, but out of the hands of those who would misuse them. Keep the picture Nas. up. Keep the picture up. Nas. Nas is gone all of a sudden. Keep the picture up. So Keith, let's let's same question to you. How do we keep the hand keep the guns in the hands of those who legally have the right to have them and keep them out of those the hands of those who would do harm? Well, we can't really uh, I wanted you to keep the picture up. But anyway, we can't really uh, do that. Uh, I don't believe it's going to happen. Why you, can't we do that? If you take the guns out of the hands of those who are illegal, they'll just find other ways to get them, or they'll use other instruments. Uh, they'll use knives. They'll use well, a let them do that. The crowbar, <laughs> so, a hammer. They'll use uh, a okay, pipe. goody, good. So, uh, let me speak, sir. Uh, they'll well, use any, those type of. Well, of you uh, sound ridiculous. I'm saving you. Let, let me. Let me finish, please. Uh, they will they will use anything. They they only use what is at their disposal, which are guns. And I believe, well, I don't know if that's true. I can't say that. I was going to say <laughs> that. No. 
but but I'll just tell you that at least it wasn't a race issue. See, that's why I said leave it up. So it's not one of those hate crimes. They well, that black guy certainly got killed. Label it as a hate crime. <laughs> uh, they can't label it as a hate crime because the shooter was white. Um, and uh, you see all those whites that were killed, more than blacks. Only one black and the rest white. Uh, that was, was probably it, only one black there in the building. I have to say they can't spin were it. Were they pushing it as a hate crime or religious hate no, crime? No, I, I said all that mm -hmm. for this reason. They can't yeah. spin this. They can't spin this the normal way they like to spin it as being a hate crime or race uh, hatred. It, it could have been a hate crime. Uh, it, you can't say transgender. You can't say. Yeah, it was, it was a hate. It was a hate crime. If there's a, ever such thing as a hate crime, this was a hate so crime. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask the questions here before you guys are just going off on your own. Yeah. You finish your point, Keith, so I can go to the next well, person. My point was, I don't believe it was a hate crime. I believe that it's just a mentally disturbed person going around shooting, and that person got what was coming to them. I'm glad the police got him, and somebody she should. Hated, so, she hated. She hated Christians, so, man. Well, she yeah, Christians. I mean, to me. I don't look at that. I don't look at it that way. I look at it and as. Not, a I mean, I mean, I'm well, like you. I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why. We don't need a hate crime. We don't need it. But if it was ever a hate crime, this should be a hate crime. I'll tell you why. I don't. If someone comes, let, if let, let, right. someone comes to attack me, I don't look at it. Right. Hate me or not. I don't give a damn. I don't give a. I don't care. Whether right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I understand preach. what you're saying. Preach, Uncle Ruckus. Preach. All right. Uh, that's it. Love's bad. Okay, so so cousin Todd, uh, well, Nas, I had asked you and we didn't hear your response. How do we keep the guns in the hands of those who legally have the right and who are responsible to have them in America and keep the guns out of the hands of those who would do us harm? Well, you can't unless you actually want to do comprehensive legislation, uh, regulations, what? background checks and other things that people aren't willing to do. So, you know, like that that went off uh, a couple of weeks ago where people were like, look, once Americans were willing to accept Sandy Hook, that lets you know the gun debate was over. Because at this point, people are willing to sacrifice the lives of others, even children, if it means they have the identity that's tied to a gun and for some reason think that, I don't know, they're going to stop a tyrannical government or something if, if it ever happens. So, you know, a lot of this is the delusion that people live in that we kind of mm -hmm. are forced to accept. Uh, because if the government actually did come for you, you and your little friends and your AR-15s are going to die. You're not going to overthrow the government and, mm -hmm. and be tyranny. Don't tread on me's flag and all that stuff. Like, that's not really going to work. So, yeah. ultimately, this is up to how Americans feel. Like, right now, we just had another school shooting. Give it a couple of days, people saying thoughts and prayers, and then we'll just wait until the next one. But yeah, yeah. politicians aren't willing to act. Uh, the gun lobby, of course, is spending a lot of money with the Dems and Repubs, the NRA, and all these other outlets from the gun manufacturers to the distributors. This is how they've always uh, played it. And go back to that Obama administration, that Obama era. Remember when they told uh, conservatives every couple of weeks that Obama was going to take their guns and then mm -hmm. they would go buy more guns, ammo, and everything else? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the yeah. same gold people falling for the same trick. Okay. Y'all are still so trying to take our Stephen. guns. Stephen? You're still trying to take our guns. Stephen, the shooter yeah. left behind a manifesto mm -hmm. and um, that included a map of the school with details about 
how the shooter mm -hmm. would enter it and carry out the attack. Um, what do we need to do as Americans to one, protect ourselves and two, to help calm down these, these, these actions by people? We need to enforce the laws that we have and we need to be more proactive than we are. And I think sometimes just because somebody checks a box, maybe they let them be a little more creative in, in uh, social media than they would let somebody like me who would say, I love God and God is right. And they kick me off for six months or whatever. But if it's somebody on the left, somebody on the other side that is that has a, a mental she's mentally incapacitated, she doesn't have the capacity and she and people all around her know that her parents knew she was, wasn't right and they thought she didn't have any guns and they were glad she didn't have guns because they knew she wasn't right. She should have been declared mentally unstable so she couldn't have been able to buy guns. So that falls on her parents who she lived with even at 28 years old. But she showed signs to everybody that she had an issue and her social media is insane. So what I'm saying is when you have somebody like this and they go to buy a gun. I agree with Nas. I agree with everybody on this show that says you have to be strict. You have to know who you're selling a gun to. And we all should agree on this. And this nutbag woman want to be a man. And this ain't how a man acts. If she wanted to be a man, she did it totally opposite of what she should have done. Now, she, she uh, and she, she ended up getting what she had gotten. And that's fine. So she's nobody's burden right now. But she had a real problem with this church because she went through a, a metamorphosis in her life and now she hates church. And that's all that's all coming out as well. So it's you know, you you get what, what you want. And this is it's so sad that these other people that are innocent, 61 years old, 61 years old, 60 years old, and these little tiny kids makes no sense at all that this person, this nut was allowed to get a gun when we have laws that keep her. So we don't need any more laws. It's not about good people like Keith and I and other people on the show that don't want to admit they have guns to have our guns and not have our guns taken away. It's nothing about us. No laws you're going to change to make things change or people getting shot at school. You stop the people before okay. they commit the crime if you have right. information on them. Thank you, Cousin Todd. Phew. Okay. Um, I'm going to use for an example the same lines that Keith and Stephen use. When you, you they use this line about voting, you got to show ID to vote. You got to show, yeah, it's a good thing. You got to show ID to buy beer. You got to show. Well, when you have a car, you have to show your registration. You have to have your car registered. You have to have your car inspected every two years. So, why wouldn't you have to do that to own a gun? Uh, why would that, you? you already do. I just well, said you have to do that for a car. You do. You, why can't you have to do that when you own a weapon of war? You have to show your driver's license. <laughs> your so, ID. you don't have to continue uh, <laughs> to prove yourself with a weapon of war but you have to continue to prove yourself with a car. A car see? can be a weapon of war. A car can be a weapon of war. And so, okay, all right. So what do you have to do every two years? You have to get that car inspected, right? But you, you, have, you don't to have to inspect, you want to inspect people's guns? Yeah. 
You have we don't have a second them. amendment. We don't have a you second have amendment them. for cars. How do I know that you didn't go insane? So, and this nonsense that Stephen, uh, we agree, we don't agree because you mm-hmm. should have to uh, be monitored when you have a gun. You have to be monitored. We have to know how many guns you have. You are not allowed to have 75 AR-15s in your house. Why not? Why not? Why would you want that? Because that tells me you're insane. Let me get Aguna in here. It does. It's interesting, the double talk (laughs) that goes on on this show. Um, (laughs) So Stephen just said, okay, it is very funny because I guess we're we're labeling this active shooter as a leftist liberal. So now all of a sudden, let's Maybe. enforce the laws that we have. Let's 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 do more gun control, and that's what people have been talking mm-hmm. about for forever, anyway. But then they're also talking about prosecution, mental health, and all these. Things. The problem is we can't have even a conversation about it without someone trying to point fingers and trying to label and Keith on here, show the picture and all this other stuff. Well, great. Let's talk about it. We could have comprehensive gun control, but the word control turns everybody off. Control also means enforcing what you have on the books and also looking into these military style weapons. You know, is that really necessary for you to have other than because these guns are guns are designed to kill people. Right. So you have an AR-15 or AR whatever. Why would you need that as a private civilian? All right. It's just a question. Right. Right. If, right. If there's, let's ask the question. I can answer. As we start talking through that, tyrannical government. That, you know, a tyrannical we military, government. We have no. a military, and we have that's by the government. You think as a private citizen, you having an AR-15 is going to protect you from that government that allowed you to what have if, that girl? What if, what if everybody gets together? What you you say you oh, got God. the military on your side or the police? What if everybody gets on the same side, Aguna? Then what do you have? What, what if the military, the police, and every good person out there? Then what do you have? what do you have? Gun control, whatever you want to call it, gun regulation, whatever is softened for when you. And the rest of the people that are very sensitive when you even start bringing this up. I yield the floor to Keith. Aguna, let's yield the floor to Keith. Again, I didn't. I didn't say anything when you guys. I tried, Keith. I was listening, and you can see. You don't even want to have a conversation around. Hey, no. what is the, oh, he wants there's to going to be an opposite side. Again. Can I finish, please? There's going to be an opposite side that says ban all guns. So there's going to be a side that says, hey, I, you're coming for my gun. There's a happy medium that is important that you can reach, right? You can say, hey, there's certain military-style gra- grade no. weapons that should not be accessible by the public. That's just Why not? It's constitutional. Let me fit. Can, it, it, am I, I know, but it's constitutional. We can have whatever weapons we want. I can have a tank. No, you cannot have a missile. You cannot right, you have a finish. rocket you gotta, launcher. You cannot uh, have Aguna, You got to sum it up really quickly. So, as I, sum, I as I proved on this show, right, as soon as you even start talking about it, people want to interest themselves in extremism, right? You can't even have a conversation about it without triggering people to talk nonsense. And again, these school students are going to continue to happen. It's interesting that now it's a leftist person or something like that. Now they want to kind of consider certain rules or make it a hate crime because now it's impacting your community and your things. But I think it's important to at least talk about it, at least come up with a compromise. 
I know compromise but, is a bad but, word, but that's what you're going to have to do around this topic. And what about the compromise I just made? Wasn't that a sensible, rational compromise? No, because you're a liberal, and anything you bring up is going to be viewed as bad because we're considering hey, the source. I'd like to ask. I'd like to add one more thing, just to answer. Uh, I know it's not going to do any good, but I want to do it anyway. Uh, ask your question, Aguna. Your question is answered this way. Well, Carl Rittenhouse. He was a uh, he was acquitted for self-defense. And guess what? He defended against thugs. There were more, a mass of people. Uh, all of them were armed and they came after him and he was able to outshoot them. Why was he even there? And that's how Matt- Why was he even he's there? He's got a good heart and he's a good person. That's why he's he was there trying to help protect people, protect people who are dangerous stuff. and violent. He was Look. protecting his Look. good people who are against bad people. They were sad people. Come on, he was a rogue. Yep. And no, they wanted to tear down everybody's business. BLM and Antifa wanted to tear down everybody's business. A domestic terrorist, if you want to, but let's move on. The domestic moving terrorists on. were BLM and Antifa. Here you go. Stop pivoting. Okay, thank you. Tracy, I'm let's moving move on. on to COVID. Thank you. Thank you COVID nineteen. Um, the Senate else. votes to end COVID nineteen national emergency. That was Yay. written on thehill.com by Nathaniel Wexel today, 329-2023 at 7.33 p.m., not even an hour ago. Today, the Senate passed a GOP-led resolution. Now, remember, the Senate is a majority Democrat, not Republican. Right. The Senate on Wednesday, today, passed a GOP-led resolution that would... And the COVID-19 national emergency that's been in place since 2020. The measure passed the upper chamber 68 to 23. That means Democrats were in favor of this. A similar, a similar resolution sponsored by Senator Roger Marshall, Republican of Kansas, passed the Senate last year, but did not advance in a de democratically controlled House. This year it passed the House with 229 to 197 with 11 Democrats joining all Republicans. President Biden last year threatened to veto the measure. This year, he did not threaten a veto, but issued a statement of administration principles before the House vote objecting to the resolution. On today, however, he said he would sign the measure. He says the president strongly opposes HJ Res 7 and the administration is planning to wind down the COVID national emergency and public health emergency on May 11th. And if the bill comes to his desk, however, he will sign it. And the administration will continue working with agencies to wind down the national <laughs> emergency as soon as possible. Uh, why are you clapping, Keith, about that? Well, because they finally, they finally did something constitutional. They did the right thing. Thank you, Jesus. And I guess prayer. So prayer. we're not we're gonna we're gonna avoid yes. the logic of they were gonna do this anyway, and it's yes. a waste of Congress's time to do this. And I mean, think about it. It was a pandemic, right? It was a but pandemic. The science, so. I mean, they followed the science, they were gonna wind down anyway. That's why it's like, what are you celebrating? They were gonna wind it down anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like almost two years like it's like. It's like you're you're celebrating something they, they were planning to do anyway because eventually with the vaccines and the treatments 
and the progression and the herd immunity, all that stuff, eventually you're going to get to this point anyway. So now that Congress did something, you're not, yes. I mean, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It doesn't matter. Okay. okay. So, oh, so Stephen, it. it, it's about time. It's, it's what they plan to do anyway. So the country's going to move on. But, Good. But they did leave behind, COVID did leave behind orphans. Orphans? What? What are you talking orphans. about? People who lost yeah, people actually family died. members. Remember that? Oh. Well, no, they do. You know, Stacy, right. there's yeah. always been orphans, and there's always been people in right. this country and all over the world that would take orphans in. And a lot of times, these orphans will, will have a really decent life and a really good okay. life, and if they can get with a good family. So, about? this is a, I don't, I don't know. It, I guess we're talking about this because, because of COVID, orphans had never existed in the United States? No. Cousin Todd? <laughs> I, I'm going to move on because uh, you've got people in here who are mentally unstable. And um, uh, there's always been orphans and uh, I've always been, been open right there. And all that kind of crazy... <laughs> uh, let's just move on. The sun will come out tomorrow, Todd. So, um, I, I'm, I do want to share the screen because it is traumatic, and I, I don't think it's right for us as a people to ignore the trauma that certain families have gone through because of their loss of a loved one to COVID. Nobody you know, to act like, well, people have been orphaned before. before. You yeah. know, to lose a parent is traumatic. <laughs> Okay. For anyone, especially uh, a young course. person. And I don't think it would be ethical or empathetic of us as a group to ignore or to belittle. Not as a group. Nobody's belittling anything. I'm yes, simply saying. I'm not saying you are, Stephen. I have I'm saying you are. I'm that you all finished it. So to play down the loss of a parent due to this horrible pandemic. And I think that we need to honor and remember and pray for those who did lose a very important part of their family unit due to the pandemic. That was amazing. What about, what about all the other, what about all the yeah, other orphans? What about Why as we bring them up? You, see, you hear that? So yeah, you're, you're yeah. dealing with people so entrenched in their that's ideology. No, I'm not entrenched at all. How about everybody else that's an orphan? Do those orphans not count? Is this like BLM only Black Lives Matter? This conversation. It's like you got it. You got to pivot and say, "What about us?" This is the issue that we're talking about on the show. But how many are there? It doesn't okay, seem so like me, the issue. When I say something, let me finish, and then I'm gonna get here. Excuse me. We were talking about. The fact that the Senate voted to end the COVID-19 emergency state of the United States on a certain date. And since they did that, anywhere. I wanted right. to acknowledge those people who were still hurting and in pain from losing a family member or a parent because of sure. COVID-19. So that's the only reason I said it. And I said, we can't just look at it like, eh, it happened, no big deal. No, it was a big deal to a lot of people. And it changed 
the trajectory of their lives. Nas, did you want but, to comment? But a big deal is their yeah. ideology. They didn't like COVID. They didn't believe that COVID existed. So you expect them. Who Keith didn't believe COVID existed? Who didn't believe COVID existed? They're going to have on the topic. They're going to sit there and they're going to talk over it. They're going to say, what about isms? They're going to say, orphans have always existed because they're entrenched in their ideology. They, they're not I'm mature. Not. Enough to so let me get Nas in. Go ahead, Nas. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll be brief on this turn. So, first things first, the idea that we did the, what would I say? We slowed down the effectiveness of how we would combat COVID based on profit margins and bottom lines. To be more specific, certain industries put pressure on the government, and that was during the Trump administration and the Biden administration, and both administrations bent over backwards to make these corporations happy, which meant what? Get back to work, get those machines running, we got to make this money. And that's what we did despite the casualties. And to Stacey's you know, most important point here, when you're talking about losing that many people, not only in the workforce, but just of your population, all in a short span of time, it makes all of the institutions that you have to prepare for those things overwhelmed. So when Stephen asked, okay, well, what about the orphans that were already here? Exactly. That makes Stacy's point. So you already have an issue finding, you know, adoption and good homes for some of these children who are already stuck within the, you know, group home cycle and foster care and everything else. Now you're adding millions of other children along with mm -hmm. it and now you still have to seek out those same mm -hmm. uh you know rates of adoption figure out if you can find a good home for them and everything else not to mention the trauma that these kids went through uh you know with their parent dying for them at, at an early age so the man yeah, said millions millions uh, it kind of it kind of dubbed well you can look it up for yourself see millions a million people died that they have more yeah, than one he, child the main, the main point is you probably shouldn't speak on this topic because you're so emotionally invested in this being. I am not. Right. I'm saying yes, you are. You're proving every other orphan. How about orphans that have died from other causes? You see how residual effect. You just missed the point. Why are we? Why are we singling what COVID? Why are we singling out COVID? I don't get like a puppet. I can make you lash out. It's easy. So, so are you guys implying that it should not have been? My point is, there's there's a million orphans, there's a million orphans, and there's maybe 50 COVID orphans. There's probably 50 COVID orphans. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's and then Stephen, I'll let you go. Go ahead, Nas, finish up real quick, please. Yeah, so again, point was proven. We saw the toddler could not help himself. But again, the point is, yes, this is going to be a drastic change something we're going to have to deal with. And it dovetails with something Stacy brought up a couple of months ago where we talked about, okay, children are going to be behind because they missed a year of school. And we said, okay, what happened after Spanish flu and every, you know, World War II, every other exactly. uh, you know, global event like this? The same thing. So that's just something you're going to have to fight back on. We're going to have to uh, be more comprehensive with children as far as their studies. And homeschooling is probably not the answer, even though that's what I'm hearing a lot from the right. But we could hear uneducated morons uh, tell us they're going to educate their own children, which would be a scary thing for a country like America. I'm done. Okay, go ahead, Stephen. I mean, here we go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's got to pull up his notes from Mount Fox Rushmore. News. Go ahead, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> 
No. He wants to ask Keith to marry him again. No, I'm having a technical well, difficulty down here. Yeah, 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 it's called technology. Yeah, he can't get pull up those notes from Fox News or the dark web. What about the orphans? Only 50 I don't watch Fox News. I guess that is what uh, Oguna okay, said. Okay, Stephen, do you want to make your no, comment? He doesn't no, just talk. go ahead and come back to me, Stacy. We're not so coming back to you. Yeah. So All right. I want to move. I want to move on to banking and TikTok. I don't know if any of you saw the CEO. I did. I watched the CEO of TikTok uh, uh, testify in front of Congress, and it was not a pretty sight. Congress really, really, were they weren't nice. Um, but this article talks about um, Silicon Valley Bank. After that collapse, some lawmakers weigh having regulators watch TikTok and Twitter for bank panics. So several federal officials and, and bipartisan House members raised concerns that social media could foment financial instability after high-profile high tech voices chimed in during the recent meltdown. This was written by um, Brian Chung on March 29th, which is today at 7 p.m. M. Um, Aguna, in response, social media saw a surge in talk about a run and uninsured depositors acted quickly to flee. And, you know, that does happen um, when people see things on TikTok, they see it on Facebook, they see it on Instagram, they react to what they see on social media and they make moves accordingly. With yeah. that type of thing happening, that makes a very unstable society, I would think. For America and and how well, can we control I that? I mean, it. I not I don't sound like a broken record, but this is this is how it happened back in the day too. It was like a lot of it was word of mouth. A lot of it was so it's, it it was a little bit slower to move, right? But yeah, this is when these panics happen. You know, it, it comes down to like people's overall you know sentiment about the uh, financials and institutions in question. Now it's exacerbated by social media, and if you think about it, TikTok is a Chinese company. You know, you look at already you saw how, you know, during the elections, you know, the, you have these different bots on social media that are pushing propaganda and pushing things to influence people. And just take that. And now you look at the banking industry and you look at some of the social media tweets and things that are going out when Silicon Valley Bank failed. This is going to be seen as a vulnerability by other countries. Right. You're going to think about. And China owns TikTok. So think about the influence they're going to push out there now that they know, especially how emotional and how, you know, and how <laughs> conspiracy theory influence Americans are. You know, they are, we are primed based on our freedoms of information to absorb the wrong information. And that's what they're that's what Congress is talking about. So things like banning TikTok and things are coming out. It's kind of counterintuitive because I know people are very anti-regulation. But you think about the type of information that are being that's being you know, sent through social media, it creates a vulnerability and a threat, especially when you have misinformation going out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, so these we, financial institutions are designed to make money. You know, so there, there are provisions in place that secure them. But the average American is very much influenced by what they hear in their echo chamber. So when things come out that, hey, there's a run on the bank, what did Trump tweet? Oh, it's already started. It's just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Meanwhile, he's making money over here, but he's selling you this thing so that you can run on the bank and, and create this panic so he can take credit for it. 
So, so it's those type of things we got to be careful of. All right. So, Keith, do you get a lot of your news through social media, through Facebook? Truth social. Well, I get a, I get my news. Yeah, I get I get news from uh, all kinds of sources. I go everywhere. I go to liberal uh, media. I don't have uh, TikTok. I don't access them at all. I already experienced them when I was. Where do up. you get your news from? I already when I experienced them, I was working with uh, LAUSD. The uh, I was working in the school district, and a lot of the kids had TikTok. So when it first came out, you know, they were going and going to TikTok, and TikTok was telling kids to do certain things, and they go out and do stupid things. Mm -hmm. So I, I said I knew right away that that wasn't a very good thing uh, for me to be looking at. Where do you get your news from? I get I get it from all sources. I told you. I get it. I go to CNN. Name a liberal source and don't say CNN. I, uh, I go to CNN. I go to NBC. <laughs> I go to uh, Fox, Fox News. But uh, mostly, are you are you on Truth Social? Mostly are you on Truth Social. I get I get from a lot of those, but not on that. Uh, mostly I get it from um, uh, conservative. Oh, because you know Fox News is the only exactly. one that's truth. Okay, I, I all right. So Keith, okay, we have that, to that that just right next. <laughs> well, let me sum it up this way. I said Fox that most the of the truth, most of the media, told you they lied. Most Go of the ahead. media are most of the media are contrary to uh, our founding principles, and they always attack Trump. So I get tired of hearing that. So I have to uh, basically get my my sources so, uh, from so, my Fox. So, so, so Todd, why do they attack Trump so much? Well, because Trump showed himself to be a discriminatory bigot. When he first started running and he came down those steps at uh, Trump Plaza and he said, <clears throat> Mexicans are deplorable. They're rapists. They're uh, dope that's dealers. That's a lot. And oh. and so to discourage a whole race of people, he didn't say that. Tells me that you are discriminating against them. He and so, not. but people like uh, Keith, he don't care. Now, before he was against Trump, until that's he fell in love with him, until Trump got an office, and this is. This is what same thing with Stephen. Stephen used to say things like, "Trump is a dictator. Trump Thank is siding with Putin over He's his had, own country." Todd is Stephen our historian. Thank you, Todd. You're He's welcome. Todd and should make more Stephen, than all of us. Thank you. So Stephen used to say all of these things about Trump that were true, until he decided he could marry Keith unless he switched it. So he Trump switched it, job. and now all of a sudden, Trump is great. He's better than Biden. He joined the cult. Better than Joe Biden. Oh no, he's better than Joe Biden. You got, you got a tattoo on your back. Because we, we can't about, have a conversation, and I so agree we, with. So when we talk about these, this news, and we talk about the bank collapse, and we talk about TikTok having some social uh, media influence over those who are watching it and we have hearings, we look at whether or not this country is going in the right direction and whether or not our officials, our Congress and our Senate are doing their jobs. And, mm -hmm. and based on that, do you think 
that they were our our Congress people were correct in what they did when they held the CEO of TikTok accountable. Yes, Stephen. The, the focus is on TikTok, and both sides are just really going after TikTok. But you know what? You don't want your government to do this. This is not what we want our government to do. We don't waste, want them to waste time on this. They're full of crap. All social media is a threat to everybody. All of it is. Not just TikTok. That's the boogeyman. That's, that's China. the Chinese, Chinese boogeyman. And China going to no, kill wait a, minute, wait a minute. Of course, China and other countries and our country does stuff that, that, that uh, is a threat to all of us. So, so, so for the our government, our government to go solution? after TikTok is a bunch of garbage. What's the don't, you don't you don't want our government to ban anything? You want you, want you want natural, you want natural the natural order of things to happen the way book. they're supposed to, because because of course everybody's gathering data. Isn't it funny to you? Think for yourself. Isn't it funny? They're like, oh, this company they take all your information and they blah blah blah. Everybody does it. It's all a bunch of garbage. Our government wants more power. That's what it's all about at the bottom line. And they'll do it to other companies. We don't want our government to have minute. that much power. And that's okay. what it's all about. So let me get Nas in here. Banning, banning. So, 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 what, so what about CRT? So let me get Nas in here. Nas. That's, a whole, that's a whole different Nas. animal. Nas. Okay. Nas. And banning books. What were we talking about earlier? We'll talk about it. And what so our government was doing or, or not doing to South and Central America. Uh, with the uh, leases yeah, and, yeah, and Mexico. About, yeah, we're talking about product dumping. Um, basic, basically, wealthier countries and their corporations, uh, once they have a surplus of any product that they can't sell in their own market, uh, they would typically dump those products in other nations and sell them at a reduced price, which undermines uh, the local corporations in that country. Uh, we've seen that happen for decades on that South border. This is why people were protesting NAFTA and GATT and the WTO world trade deal in 2000, the battle of Seattle, if y'all remember, uh, this is why people are against a lot of these organized, uh, trade deals because they're kind of focused on making profits for the corporation. And it's usually at the expense of whatever local people were talking about. So the water rights in uh, Brazil years ago, like this has been going on for a long time. And it's a really devious practice that the average citizen doesn't know. And then they find out later and realize why some of these people in other places, you know, don't necessarily like the mother country as much as you would think they would. And a big part of that is that. Thank you. I'm just looking at everybody because you guys are looking like uh, the. Uh, you didn't hear. I, I didn't hear the question, right? So I was like, you know, there wasn't what, a question. There was a. It was a comment, and yeah. I. I guess I was waiting for you all to comment in on what you thought, whether or not you heard it before. Uh, is is it a reason why some people may not like I, America, or is is it something America should be doing? Yes, well, I, I, I can speak because America should be doing a lot more gosh, than what they're doing. They've done go. a lot of America has been doing a lot of nefarious things throughout the decades, not just now. It's, it's a lot now, but it was throughout the decades. America can do a lot better with better leadership that represents us. 
That's what we need. If we can have better leadership that represents us, we don't have it right now. But that's all we that's all we need. It's it's been the pro and also the problem is we have these ABC people like the FBI, CA, different different uh, people that are ruining this country. The IRS, different things that we need to either abolish or or shut them down for a while and try to reinvent them. These 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 entities okay. that you. that are going against you our interests. You're off yeah, topic. Okay, You're okay, to down too many things. Now, so when you look at NAFTA and those type of trade agreements, again, they do benefit certain corporations. But I, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence here because part of it is who owns these corporations. You know, we always think it's the super wealthy, but you know, Americans own this corp. You can buy stock. You can invest in these corporations. You can invest, and so I'm I'm kind of impartial or a, a little bit weary when we start thinking that corporations and these entities are somehow not, you know, something that we as American citizens have access to, right? So even with NAFTA and the trade agreements where you're having a lot of industries going south of the border in order to get cheap labor and, you know, the trickle down effect of a lot of that was lower prices for us in the United States, whereas you put certain trade agreements in place or you put in like China, like Trump wanted to put tariffs on China. Well, that's basically yeah. taxing us because those those tariffs are trickled down to consumers to have to pay for them. So it's really not as effective as he made it sound like. So and that's what Stephen said as well. Products, no, yes, he was corporations benefit, but at the same time, consumers suffer. But he was we Trump was part of China as well to invest in these corporations. So we can buy you can buy stock. It's just we're not financially educated in order to even see that as a viable option as individuals sometimes. But okay, but Trump so let's, was let's but Trump was hurting Google. China as well. Trump was hurting China. Just, that was making them their, said, their way of business. They were changing their business ways because Trump initiated this stuff. It hurt oh, us. Okay, hurt Trump ties. It, Trump built his ties in China. Okay, he was hurting China. Right. He, wasn't a, he wasn't a government official. He wasn't a government official when he put his tie company there. Even listen, that stuff built in China. You put a tariff on it. They sell it for more expensive to back to the U.S. But they were putting tariffs too. It. We were starting. We, like we started to make things more fair. Right. That's when all Trump he, wanted to make it more fair. Not make it fair. He passed the cost down to us as consumers. But that's okay? what China that's what has. China was hurting as Why well. Why don't we stay on Trump, Stacey, right. and go to his? Um... They were not hurting. They passed it on to us. They still made money. Let me, let me just say this real quick. So the Trump terrorist idea of old school American protectionism, this is what we did in the early days against Europe, who made better products than us, but we had more resources than them and we could push them out at more volume. So we protected U.S. markets from European uh, dumping, like we just talked about a minute ago. So this is something we protected ourselves again. Now, Trump and his tariffs against China actually were a net loss for America. What did we actually do? We ended up paying out the farmers uh, basically a welfare slush fund in order to keep them operating because they lost so much money because instead of trying to pay in the tariffs, China found new buyers. So instead of us them buying the soybeans from us, they went to Argentina and so on and so on for all of the you know things down the product. Line. The Russians are doing only China with a tariff when they can go somewhere else. And this kind of goes back to the WTO and you know NAFTA and everything else. Once these worldwide deals are in place and these corporations are here, you're not going to tax your way out of that. Like, you can't tell some, hey, well, if you want to come here, then we're going to put this 
special tariff on your products. They say, okay, we'll just port somewhere else. See you. And, and that's how it worked. We lost a lot of market share. A lot of family uh, farms went out of business and were bought up by Big Agra based on Trump's whole idea of having a war uh, or a trade war with a country who you import the majority of your products from. It's not really a good um, idea. It was ministry from the 80s. Okay. So 80s. this is our round table question. Please look at the screen. I'm sharing the screen. Um, it says uh, U.S. strikes deal with Canada over northern border asylum seekers. Los Angeles Times written by Ahmed Aliziz and Aaron Logan on March 23rd at 12.09 p.m. Pacific time. It says the United States and Canada have struck an agreement that allows each country to turn back asylum seekers who cross the northern border without authorization, according to internal documents obtained by the Times and a source familiar with the negotiations. The deal is the latest expansion of President Biden's efforts to discourage asylum seekers from entering the United States Without you, uh, without U.S. or Canadian um, citizenship, who are caught within 14 days of crossing the border between the two countries, and it ex is expected to take effect the soon. The U.S. hopes the pact will reduce incentives to cross the border irregularly, according to the source who was granted anonymity, anonymity in order to discuss the confidential agreement. Starting with Keith. Then Stephen, Nas, Aguna, and Todd. Uh, this is a is this seems to be a great thing about immigration that President Biden did, right, Keith? Well, I'm going to have to look into it further. I, I have to honestly, I never thought we had a, tr a problem with the northern border. <laughs> wondering why the southern border is so open. <laughs> northern border they want to make it stricter. So I have to look into it more. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> Other guys will be. These other guys are probably the expert. They know everything. So we'll see. No, Keith, you're right. Dee you're right. snapping at you. You know, Keith, you're exactly friend. right. You're 100% yes, right. They're, they're like this. Yeah. There's no way they're going to disagree with you, Keith. Nobody with, that has any sanity is going to disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> Steven, we've had 6 million people at least, Steven. at least come through the southern border. Thank God. We have a president that has his finger on the pulse of America and knows where the problem is and knows where the troubles are. And he goes to Canada and worries about their border. This is, and, and Stacey, I have to tell you, you were a little bit excited. You said, you know, Joe Biden did something good, didn't he? Didn't he do something good? No, Stacey, he didn't do anything good. If he wants to do something, why don't he visit the southern border where people in all of these states are having trouble with these people coming through and dying in their pools or their gardens or whatever, and, and, and all of the problems that they're having with these millions of people coming through, and most of them, a lot of them illegally, however many, and Donald Trump was right. He said, Donald Trump, there's going to be there's going to be bad people, real bad people. You know, there's 70 countries that are coming through our southern border, 6 million people coming through. That's an invasion. And a lot of these countries, these what Donald Trump called, I'll say it, shithole countries, they're sending their prisoners here. They're not sending their best people here. They're sending them through our southern border. And you don't think that's a problem, but you're Joe Biden. God bless Joe Biden. He saved the world 
our country by going to Canada and getting their borders okay, straight. How long does Thank you. Yeah. Kenny, come here. Come with me, Kenny. Okay. Let's get your advice all right, all Nas, the Nas, Nas, then Aguna, then Todd. Go ahead. Like, you all the law. Got to do one thing at a time. Yeah, just, just real quick, I think I heard a claim of 6 million people over the border. How many did you say a day? 6 million. Okay, so 6 million people a day. A day. I didn't say a day. I didn't say a day. I said there's been six million people to cross that border in a very small amount of time. Six million. Look at all the drugs they're bringing. Are you really? Are you people really going to argue with me? Are you going to go look at your? Y'all need the navel gaze. All of y'all need to look at your belly button. There's no way you can argue with me. No way you can argue with me and say what Joe Biden has been is good on the border. You said it. And you're just lying to yourself. You're done. You're done, Stephen. Let's go. All right. I'll let. Hey, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute myself. God bless. Right. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So again. When we talk, when we when we talk about the border or immigration, uh, we typically end up in these conversations that are really hyperbolic, and they exaggerate to the extreme, so we can never really get to a normal place. So the Obama administration, the Trump administration, and now the Biden administration have really similar policies. They've deported a lot of people. They've also stopped a lot of people from even uh, getting a hearing to seek asylum. Uh, so this nonsense about when my guy's not elected, I get to complain about the border and say this person is going to kill us. Remember the midterm elections where they told us caravans of murderers were coming to kill us all? Like at a certain point, man, until we can have a realistic conversation, I, I just I think we're better off just. But when have we had uh, the northern oh, yeah. border? When have we had Thank that, you. Nas? Nas? When has the northern border been a problem? Just I mean, because you haven't man. talked about it. Man, I mean, in fact, in fact, immigration to the north. Hold on, hold on. If you're telling me illegal immigration is a problem and they're coming through uh, from Canada as well, why, why would you say don't address that? As a no, I, I, I just, I never think. heard that. I, I'm being honest with because you. Because uh, clearly you're in an echo chamber, Keith, and you wouldn't even care if you did hear it. So don't pretend as if you're interested in it. And the fact that you're doing something, illegal immigration is bigger than just the southern border. People overstay their visas. There are a lot of things in the process that oh. are broken. People, can, it, they have a legal right to come to this country and seek asylum. For some reason, you don't even want people to even exert that right to come and seek asylum from places where you know, there are bad countries. We give, we open our when doors. Now, the fact that the yeah, process, let me finish. The process, the fact that the process is broken, you're not talking about that. You just want Joe Biden to build this massive wall because it's simple for you to understand, like on the back of a bumper sticker. Because again, you don't want to have, <laughs> you just want to complain about it. You and Stephen have come on here and complained, complained, complained. No solution. And you act like somehow Trump miraculously had solved this problem, and he did. If I was homeless, if I was homeless, would I have a right to seek asylum in your home or your property or or Todd? We're we're talking about a country. We're not talking about a home. The same thing applies. And you know the false equivalent. The fact that you even bring that up is ignorant. (laughs) I'm a private citizen. I'm not a country. And you, that you can and come true. and seek asylum in the United same. States. That's not against the law. You come to the yes, border, you give yourself up, and you seek your hearing. You can do that. Okay. Are you finished, Laguna? I'm done. Cousin Todd. Okay. Uh, 
There's nothing crazy and crazy. This is Stephen and Keith. We're talking about <clears throat> uh, people come from jails. They're letting the jails out. Well, Stephen, that's how your people got here. Remember? That's how America was built. They came from Europe out of the jails. And then they <laughs> start, bought slaves and built America. So well, they had a right uh, to do that. <laughs> they had a right to do that. Where's the so, constitution around again, Keith? So you know, that don't come here if I don't want you. And so bring us your tired, your uh, huddled masses. What is that all for? Is that just for whites? And so uh, people can come here and they can seek asylum here, or else Stephen has to go back to where he came from because Stephen is uh, uh, an infiltrator. Uh, Stephen and his family, this country did not, does not belong to you. So if you are Caucasian, you don't belong here. But, and but I think there's also an issue of an invasion. What is illegal? What is immigration doing? I'm not talking about illegal immigration. I'm talking about immigration. What is that? How does that impact you specifically? You know, you have people like Keith. He's hiding behind Constitution, all this other crazy stuff, right? Because it's convenient for him to do what he's doing. Versus right, we're out of time. Oh, the what is that actually doing? If they want to come here and work legally, right, and then go back to their own country of and origin, are you against that? They want. Are you contributing to economy? And I mean, you put situation. You put things in place where they can come here, work, and go back home or and send money taxes. back home. Is that an issue? Is that a problem? You're not even talking about taxes. solutions. All you and Keith, you, Keith and Stephen, all y'all do is come on here and complain. And, and pay right. taxes. a broken record. <laughs> hey, put in place a guest worker program. They seek asylum. You work at a job. You pay and taxes. taxes. I'm cool with that. You pay I'm cool. Immigration. That's a solution. I have fresh and I'm and this in Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop. That's all I, I hear. I have I fresh friends from El Salvador. I have friends from El Salvador that are freshly here. I don't have anything against people that's trying to work and come in here the right okay. way. I don't have anything wrong with that. There's millions of people coming in here that are not cool. And okay, why so, are they coming in here? Why is it not cool? Because the system is broken. Okay, there's no there's no right, efficient way to to so our first process responders in no. our not talking about that. You're just mad Wait. that they're coming. Wait, I'm not. I, let me finish my round table. We don't know who they are. We we don't know who they are. Again, the system yes, is we broken. know we know who they it are, uh, Stephen. Not the ones who sneak in. Yes, that will be you and your people. Anybody you who's in Todd? America, no. Are you finished, Todd? Anybody in America who is Caucasian, you are the invader. This country doesn't uh, belong to you. You are European. That's so, hey, I was, I was from the reptilian. I'm from. a reptilian. I was here before so, the American Indians. I'm a reptilian. So you have no right to say who can and can't be here because you don't belong here. I didn't say nobody can be here. I said you can't flood into this country. We you couldn't can. flood into China. Yes, we couldn't flood can. into North Korea. We Irish can't flood into Mexico Irish or Canada. In here. People are 
Because so listen, people are flooding into our country. They're breaking the law. Thank you. Is that what you're mad about? They're breaking the law. People are flooding in this country. We can't go to the country. They broke the law. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And killed the people that were living here. So you are the invader. To our first responders in our community, you make our lives livable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our women and men in the U.S. military. We thank you for all that you do and sacrificing your lives. So we are free to say whatever we choose on the show. We are forever indebted. Yeah. On behalf of Aguna, let's just the Nigerian moderate Republican. Educated debate. That's all I want. Keith, we had a good debate. The constitutional conservative. <laughs> it was civil. It was more civil than normal. I will say that. We had a pretty good debate. Oh, look, look, look at Steven. He's copying yeah. off of his boy toy. It died. And that's in that fun, it's, hey, it's, hey, it's morning where I am. I'm on the other side of the world. And Nas, we thank you, Nas, for joining us. Are you there, Nas, or did you leave? We need thanks, you, Nas. Hey, hey thanks for there? showing up, Aguna, stranger. And my <laughs> cousin I Todd. Guys. I missed you guys. <laughs> missed you guys. <laughs> and the beanie. Check the us beanie. out. <laughs> I'm not going to call it beanie. It is. On, um, can you check Ashley, us out you. on YouTube? Remember to like and subscribe at Sporlitics. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out mm -hmm. on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. TikTok. Stephanie. Before they ban it. Check it out on TikTok. TikTok and it don't stop. And Pornhub. No, 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 no. Don't listen oh. to Todd. All right. Oh, I thought we were. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah, you over there with Keith and the game cards. Oh. All right, good night. We'll see you next good week. Night. Okay. So now, Stephen. Yes, sir. Don't get him started. You got right. some nerve talking about people. Uh, Too late. You open your mouth. You Wait a minute. Excuse me. Go back. I didn't hear you. All of your people flooded in this country. So My get people. them out of here. Yes. You're I gotta jump on this other call, guys. I gotta talk about All right, thank you. I don't blame you. I know it's it's getting kind of boring with Todd being talking about golf <laughs> garbage. But I have to hey, more, to more you guys. Debate. I'll be here next week. Aguna, I'm looking for more debate. That's all I want to. We all want oh, debate. Oh, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're actually getting better. I, I don't know if you changed your medication a little bit, but I, oh, I, I, no, I didn't change it. My doctor people. changed it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking, man. Maybe doesn't take so much crack. All right, good night. Crack is whack. Night, crack.